Dad, you need dishes. <laughs> Dad, look! Look! I'm a lady. <laughs> cool. Daddy, can I get this? Whatever you want, kiddo. There's something in there. Well, that's weird. There aren't any seams. What does that mean? I think whoever made this didn't want anybody to open it. Feel funny. Have you noticed anything odd with Emily? No. Why is the box so important to you? Don't know. Just is. Slow down. Ma'am. Slow down! I have no idea what I've got here. Hebrew inscriptions. It says Dybbuk. And where are you? It's the Hebrew word for demon. What does this thing want with my daughter? The spirit is the taker of children. Him. Mommy, who am I? Once a box is open, people die. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we round out our Halloween week with a film that Ryan had Devin and I watch for the first time. Ryan, take it away. <laughs> okay, so the uh, the movie I had them watch was The Possession. It's a 2012 horror movie um, directed by Oli Brondel. I'm probably messed up that, but that's okay. Um, he's got 20 other films that he's directed so far, and I've never heard of any of them when I looked them up. Um, They're all foreign films. Yes, they are. Um, but they all average around a 6.0 rating on IMDb, so that's not bad. I mean, 20 films, his lowest rating I think was like a 5.2, and his highest was like a 9. So, I mean, the guys, oh, wow. I'm, go I'm going to assume he's a decent director. Um uh, I would say th the three actors of note that I cared about was uh, N Natasha Collis, who plays the daughter who gets possessed. Um, Jeffrey Dunn Morgan, um, who is Dean, the Dean. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is the guy that dies in Grace Anatomy that upset a lot of people. Um, and uh, Kira Sedwick, uh, the mom. Did mm. I pronounce that last name correctly? Kira Sedwick. Yeah. Yeah. Kira Sedwick was the mom. Um, this is Kevin Bacon. Really? Yeah. Wow. She's uh she's sixty-nine degrees away from Kevin Bacon. Oh my god. <laughs> I saw you think about whether or not you what? wanted to say that, I'm and I'm glad you did. Burn because of some of the meds and painkillers I'm on. That does not help. That <laughs> does not it does not help. Okay. Um, uh. So, like I said before, this movie was uh, uh, this movie came out in 2009. Um, before I go to you guys, just a little bit of my experience to it. I've never even heard of this movie. Um, well, I never heard about this movie until I was talking to Kristen, uh, like five years ago at one point, and uh, she had seen it, and she was trying to get me to watch it. And at that point, I really wasn't into horror movies, uh, but I did like The Exorcism. I did like the exorcism of Elmy Rose and like those kind of mm -hmm. movies. And she was like, well, there's a twist on it. It's a like, it's an exorcism, but it's a Jewish exorcism. I was like, really? And I was like, okay, fine. So, you know, we watched it. And to me, this is what I call like a, like a high school horror movie. 
Like, for an adult, like, this is really just more entertaining than it is really scary. Um, and that's how I kind of see this. To me, it's more of an entertaining horror movie. More entertaining than horror. Because I, I like the concept. I like the characters. So, um, But the first time I saw it, you know, uh, there were a few people that we'll get into that I was really surprised to see and, and really happy to see that was in this. Um, but I definitely liked the Jewish twist on it when it came to the whole exorcism thing. Um, so that's my first experience with it. Uh, how about you guys? Have you seen this before? Have you not? Have you heard of it before? What did you think? I had never seen this. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I remember Jeffrey Dean Morgan on talk shows promoting it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had never seen this before. I know you said you were going to have us watch it. Um, didn't really know much about it. So I was kind of surprised when like Kira Cedric showed up. Cause I was like, Oh, I know her. She's the closer. <laughs> um, other than that, I, um, I messaged you guys last night that I was watching this mm -hmm. and my response was Mel Brooks is a rabbi going, meh. Yeah. That's pretty much where I'm at on this movie. Okay. And um, I'll get into details as to why. That's okay. So I had never, I've, I've seen the movie like around, like it always like comes up and recommended for me because I do watch a bit of horror and um, I've never actually watched it mostly because I mean, I think for every reason that Ryan had mentioned that this movie intrigued him, where I was like, okay, we kind of get what's going to happen. The priest is going to come in and it's going to go this way. And I had no idea just from the name or from anything, you know, that it was like, you know, a Jewish exorcism, which I thought was a really cool twist on it. Um, so I watched it for the first time last night. Um, I, I think the plot's fine. I think that it's a well-paced and, you know, well-acted movie. I want to talk more about the sound design and the cinematography of it all, though, because that's what kept me watching the movie and kept me really engaged in it. Um, and, and we'll get into more of that later, I'm sure. But, yeah. I mean, as far as the overall movie was concerned, I thought it was good. If anybody wanted, like, a, a good, like, you know, I need a possession movie. I just watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose and I want more. Like, I would send them this way in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see this. So, yeah. Alan. See, story-wise for the movie, I enjoyed it for the most part. It made some decisions editing-wise, which I did not like. Yeah. Okay. This is – Romana and I, like, had to talk about that after the movie. Actually, let's um, get on this then. Yeah, yeah so all right. <laughs> it pretty much jump cuts all over the place and just cuts to black. And then it, it it's like they took the screenplay and that you get interior new house day and you get that. And then you just jump to the next scene and there's black in between every one of those scenes. And it was distracting as hell. And I it kept me from getting engaged in this movie. <laughs> So that's that was Romana's take. That was exactly Romana's take was it cuts it cuts in the middle of the good part, like the one part where uh, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but there's there's a lot of bugs in the one little girl's room and you see it. You see it enough to get the scare and then jump cut. And Romana was like, I don't like that. That's so distracting for me. And it's taking me out of it. And I felt like it was like uh, and this is going to be weird. I felt like it was like a Godzilla movie. 
like in the Brian Cranston Godzilla movie specifically, they never really show you him, but you know that he's around and that he's happening. And I felt that it was like that where they saved the real true horror elements of all of it until the hospital scene at the very end. And everything else was just like, okay, we're going to take a step back from it and you're going to know that it's happening, but we're going to make you fill in the gaps of what this is. The one thing with me, uh, like to me, it never really stood out as much as what you guys are saying, simply because Mm -hmm. when it comes to horror movies and stuff like this, I just see that as part of the horror gimmick. And it's like, okay, cutting to black. To me, it's one of those things where it's like, I guess they're trying to make me feel uneasy. And directors will do whatever they can to make you feel uneasy. Some of them make more bizarre choices than others. And I feel like this is one of those more bizarre choices. Um, It's not really something that has ever taken me out of it, but it's definitely something Mm -hmm. that now that I'm hearing it from you guys, like I can understand it. I get it. So I think what really stood out to me about this film in particular doing it is it didn't just cut to black visually. It cut to dead silence every time too. Mm-hmm. And th- so you take away all of the ambient sound of the room that you're in, the bu- like let's go back to the bug scene. You get mm. rid of the sound of those bugs, you get rid of the score, you get rid of all the dialogue. It's just black and it's abrupt and it's built the film tries to do a good job of building tension, but in those moments where it cuts to black, I just lose it all and then I have to have to rebuild that tension again. I wonder like, if it's supposed it, to give you the experience of being in the box. Maybe. Well, hold on. Does the movie do that to itself, though? So every time the hard jump cut happens, it's in the middle of like a scare and then it'll jump cut and then it'll be outside of the scare. And it one, I feel like the movie then builds you back up to that spot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen it jump cut in like a scary part and then drop you back in another scary part. So it's visually doing what the Jaws theme song does. Kind of. Yeah. And I don't know. I, for one, really liked the audio mixing. I thought that was a cool choice. Like, you can definitely tell the director was making choices with this movie. And Mm -hmm. he wasn't like, okay, this is how I film a horror movie. I'm going to. And this is how we, like, score a horror movie or how the sound works. Because I loved those moments. Like, they had such cool contrasts where there'd be moments where it was almost no sound at all. Like, the first opening pan shot of the kids playing basketball, you almost, you barely heard them. But you were on the court with them. And I like that. And in contrast, there was the argument in the hallway of the school, I think. And it echoed more than anything else should have. And I thought that added a lot of emotional weight to the scene. And just I thought it was a cool effect. No, I think the audio mixing is good It because it definitely – there are moments of this film that are beautiful and I really enjoyed. But – oh. It it just took me out of it so much that I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to – this is my main (laughs) point of contention against this movie. The other thing is I'm not a huge – like you guys know I'm not huge on horror to begin with. Um, But this is the kind of horror that actually terrifies me. Uh, And we'll get into the the spiritualness of it later. Um, Mm -hmm. But I kind of wish this was rated R. Really? Yeah, like rated like R for subject R, matter. Rated R for, for like, anything. Okay. 
Like just <laughs> it's PG thirteen. So like you said, it's high school horror. Yeah. Like, this is mm. like when it's PG thirteen and like, okay, this isn't gonna be that bad. Okay, so bugs fly out of her mouth or whatever. Like give give me some show me something. Show me a little bit more. Make me jump when I'm supposed to. Like Give oh, you, me something actually scary. Got it. I thought you meant you wanted to be rated R because you thought it deserved to be R, not you wanna you wanted them to push the envelope a little more. I, I, I want that yeah, I want I wanted to be scared in this and it it almost got me there and it didn't. And I feel like if they had been able to do a little bit more with the, with an R rating, I would have gotten there. See, and this is where I said before, where this is a good like high school kind of beginner first scary movie with friends when you're like 14, 15 years old. That's what this movie's for in my mind. And that's one of those things where like there's other really good um, uh, movies out there that have to do with exorcism. And there's one in particular, uh, if I remember correctly, it's got, what's his name? Uh, Hannibal Lecter. It's got him in it. Um, Oh, wow. uh, Which I'll get you guys the name of that later. But I I can't remember his name at the moment. You can laugh all you want. You can laugh all you want. No, I was just I was gonna be like Brian Cox. <laughs> Funny, um, but uh, Hannibal Lecter's in it, and he's like the main character. But that's an exorcism movie, and that's like I think Alan, that would be which I think you're looking for when it comes to this type of stuff. But for the kind of movie this is, the type of actors that are in it, who's involved. This makes sense to be a PG-13 uh, horror movie, especially with who the uh, not rabbi, but the young um, like religious guy that helps them. I'm not sure if you guys recognized him. Did you? I did not. Alan, did you? No. OK, so I'm going to mess up his name. So I'm going to spell it out before I try to pronounce it. OK, <laughs> I'm ready. M-A-T-I-S. Y A H U Matsuyahu. That's probably that's probably going to be a lot better than how I was going to try to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> he uh, he's a music artist. He had his debut album came out in 2004, right in the middle of me listening to like really like, you know, I was into the whole Christian rock thing at that time. And he had mm-hmm. a music video that came out on MTV and he was um, a uh, Orthodox Jew rapper. And he was really oh, wow. good. And I bought his first album and I still have it. So when he showed up in this movie, it was like, oh my God, that's great. Because he has a really good singing voice. And I feel like they got him for this movie, particularly because of the scenes he was in. Because he's good. I mean, to me, I mean, he did a good job in this. And he's not just a standard actor. Like, he's a performer. Which, you know, performers do tend to be good actors. But I feel like they picked him particularly when uh, to, to, to do the chance because he had the voice for it. Oh, I think you're right. I mean, I, I don't know him as the ra- a rapper, but I mean, he I think he killed it in the movie. Yeah. I mean, arguably, he was one of my favorite characters. Especially when he starts screaming the thing's name, Azehu, I think it is. Yeah. And he's just screaming in the background. Like, they picked him 
solely for that. And it just happened to be that he was good enough to pull off the whole character. Like, that's my personal yeah. belief. Like, that's my headcanon. <laughs> <It's, laughs> All right. So you, you jump topics before I could bring up what I wanted to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thing. I'm it's sorry. Okay. We can go back. No, go back. Uh, no, I just wanted to go back and say this movie was made to be rated R and it felt watered down to me. Oh, was it really it was, made? Yeah, it was oh. made to be rated R. And then they – it was rated R by the MPAA for violence, terror, and disturbing images. Um, and then it was watered down to PG-13 for mature thematic material involving violence and disturbing sequences. Do you uh, – is, uh, is it written there why? Like what they – Yeah, does it say like what they removed? Yeah. No, it doesn't say here. There, supposedly there is an R unrated cut of this. Oh. Probably on like the DVD. I got to find that because I like this yeah. enough to to, uh, to search for it. I mean, I would definitely watch that. Like, yeah. I didn't dislike this movie at all. I think that I think that Ryan's absolutely right in classifying it as like, this is a good high school starters horror movie. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the genre, you're going to understand where the plot's going to go pretty quick in this. Yeah. I think that it is in a really cool twist on it um, that the possessed thing is a box. Yeah. I like that idea a lot because I'm... I think I'm so sick of moving into the house and the house being haunted. Like, <laughs> I And I'm so sick of that poor family that like, this will be a great start for our kids. Oh and no, I'm, it's haunted. And I'm so sick of seeing priests do the exorcisms. It's nice to see a rabbi do one. Kind of right though. Mm-hmm. So equal, equal opportunity exorcisms. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, uh, one of the questions I had, um, mm-hmm. well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of, one of, one of the questions I had, um, when I, what, what was your favorite moment in the movie before the reveal? Like before he goes and meets the guy. So like prior mm. to like the movie changing tone. And then what was your favorite moment after that? I, 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 what comes to mind is the one moment that made me go, Oh shit. Which was when they're at the table and the, daughter keeps eating the what was it a pancake or yeah. a waffle yeah pancake. and then she just stabs the dad in the hand <laughs> i did not I expect like, that holy shit yeah <laughs> yeah um i think that stands out to me okay the most and then anything after like he goes and gets help so when he goes to get help, actually, is probably my favorite scene when uh, when he's talking to all the rabbis and they ask if the boxes have been opened. And he's like, yes, my daughter opened it. And a bunch of them are like, nope, I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm, gone. I'm just going to walk away from yeah. this. <laughs> like she sealed her um, own fate. I'm, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm there's nothing here. I can do here. Yeah. Th- th- that just made me chuckle. Yeah. So, uh, and Devin, yours? I think for me, the part that stuck with me the most that I think I'm probably going to remember this movie for before the the reveal is the the mirror scene where she's like looking down her throat and the two the two fingers pop up. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that got me so much, but like I just like I went like in the middle <laughs> of that scene because I don't know why, but I could feel that shit and I didn't like it. Do you want to know something a little bit more creepy? If you watch this yes. again, um, you know uh-huh. when she's in the MRI and you can see the yeah. thing in her chest. If you look yeah. closely, you can see that her hand is up in her neck. <laughs> so when they're no showing bangs. the thing like rolled up in her chest, you can see her yeah. arm is up and it's 
and it's like her fingers are are like on either side of her like um, esophagus in inside of her neck. So I mean, they even put that the, the, like the reason why the fingers came out is because that's how like it's you know it's in, like there in, inside of the body. I did think that was interesting that they made the the demon like physically be inside her mm-hmm. and not just like she's in my spirit like <laughs> like no she's she's down her throat you can see her they like, got a lot of their funding from the Jim Henson company so. <laughs> <laughs> they had to use it <laughs> yay um, I and then afterwards the part that got me was in the the morgue that I want to talk about later uh, where she hangs upside down. Yeah, I like. I don't know. There's there's something about creepy little kids that I just don't like. <laughs> it's just like that's like creepy little kids, and specifically that scene from the original Pet Cemetery where the old lady shuffles towards the camera. Those are like my two like biggest fear things. <laughs> so you you touched on your two biggest th- fear things. Yeah. Um, so I'll get into what I was hinting at earlier. Yeah. The fa- the the whole haunted items thing Mm -hmm. and like demons and that's the kind of shit that i just don't fuck with (laughs) like i like if there's if i'm getting a weird vibe off of something i'm like nope don't want any part of that uh like i've i've seen too much and heard too many stories i'm like i want nothing to do with anything that's remotely involved with that kind of stuff. I'm going mm-hmm. to cancel your from gift me. from Amazon for a puzzle box. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I get that though. Cause it's like, it, it's that. And I think this movie does this. I think it's the randomness of that where it could be anyone. It's not that they brought them upon themselves for any reason. It's not like a real human being. It's just, Hey, here's a great family who's lived right and done everything they need to do up. Oh, no, no, it's a ghost. <laughs> and I think this movie tried to give you a sense of that with the shots where it would always cut to black. And then there'd be this like top down shot of like the house or of like the school or the, the like place he threw the box out. Like, I think it's supposed to make it feel like I don't care who this family is. It's just a person to me. This is, this could be anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. My two moments one mm-hmm. is when he goes to the college professor to find out what the hell it is and the professor yeah. like jokes about it the entire time and he's like you mm-hmm. know like you know it's like he's lightly talking about it and talking about how cool it is and then he makes the joke and then the dad's just standing there having trying to conceal the fact that he's having a full-on panic attack <laughs> um yeah and then the after part when he goes to get help is actually him driving and then walking through the Hasidic Jew neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Just, because that's how they are. They don't drive. They walk all over the place because they're supposed to live a certain mileage away from the synagogue. They're not allowed to live like so far away from their like uh, place of worship. So they mm-hmm. congregate and you don't drive down those streets. And they showed why. And it was just his ill preparedness for it that I Mm -hmm. really enjoyed of like somebody that I mean, like if he had to go to like Lancaster, he would probably know exactly what to expect. But he doesn't because it's not part of his culture. Right. And just that, you know, him like, you know, having that experience, I, I really thought was cool. I kind of wished he would show up in the car from Supernatural just blaring uh, Kansas when he <laughs> showed up at the... 
It's a whole different movie. So, yeah. so what do you guys know Jeffrey Dean Morgan from? I know Ryan talked about Grey's Anatomy. Devin, what do you know him from? Oh, he's Negan. Okay. Yeah. Who? See, I, I always think he's Negan from The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, that's the uh, that, that's the barbed wire baseball bat guy, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Who killed the, uh, what was his name? Glenn. Yeah, he popped his eye out or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> I I'm haven't sorry. watched that show and I don't care to. I'm uh, sorry. Am I talking about I a beloved know. character here? Am I talking about a <laughs> Um. I know him as the comedian from Watchmen. Yep. Oh, yeah, and, that's right. He's the comedian from Watchmen. And Thomas Wayne from Batman v Superman. The first <laughs> yeah. one in that movie to say the words Martha. So. Oh, hmm. that's cute. The most important plot point of the whole movie. Yeah. If Ow. it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have all those great memes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. So thank you, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> thank you. So, um,. Unlike, and this is not a trend, and I kind of want to make it one, or we're finally getting to the part where I'm doing movies that I have issues with on myself that I'm putting forth. So this is a new thing. So this movie does um, three things that bothers me, even though I like it. One, the whole based on a true story thing. I've talked about it before. I hate the I whole true story thing. I was going to call you on that. <laughs> but I looked it up. Okay. Now, even though I hate this whole true story thing, to me, this is what's interesting. So this story is based off a L.A. Times uh, article that was published, uh, Jinx in a Box, that was published in 2014. Um, it was about a haunted Jewish wine cabinet box. Um, that put this box up for sale on eBay, and there was a story behind it. Um, uh, there were uh, there were two uh, that that uh, the story was that the person was trying to sell it, that they were trying to get rid of it because past owners, whoever had it, they suffered health issues and weird issues would happen in their lives, and basically, basically that the box was cursed. Mm-hmm. Somebody opened the box when they bought it on eBay and found a bunch of weird stuff in it, like locks of hair and dried out animals and all this mm-hmm. weird stuff. And it turned out that um, it that the box originated all the way back from 1938 in Germany. Oh, um, and had come over to the United States after World War Two and the Debuk uh, thing, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh-huh. Um it's actually part of Yid- Yiddish folk, uh, folk folklore, so that's, that's cool. an actual thing. So, so when it said this movie's based on a true story, which I hate that about horror movies, that's what this is based on. So it's not a total lie, like Contact of of the Fourth Kind, which is a total lie. Um, yeah. And all of those found film movies that first came out around, like the Blair Witch Project. That's where this hate for my thing of that started. So it does that which once. So that irritated me the first time I saw this movie. Um, the second thing is the whole dad obsessed with work thing I feel is overplayed. Oh, yeah. Like, hell, they even did it in Hook. I mean, Peter Pan was obsessed with work. That's why, you know, the uh, uh, they came, you know, whatever happened that he got sucked back to Neverland because he couldn't get away from his cell phone. Like, the whole dad obsessed with work thing is overplayed. And then... Well, I- I truly feel that the first half of this movie takes too long before it gets going a little bit. 
And I feel like that has to do with the fades to black and then starts again and then builds you up, then fades to black, which which I mean, you guys talked about before, which that might be why I feel that way, that this movie takes a bit too long, because whenever because because whenever I watch this about halfway through the start of the film, I'm thinking to myself, man, this thing's dragging. Does it always drag like this? (laughs) I mean, I. And here's the thing. I don't know if I noticed the dragging part because I do enjoy me a good slow burn on a horror movie. Like, yeah. which is one of my favorite horror movies. And it's a pretty slow burn to that one. Yeah. But I do enjoy it. Um, which is fine. It's just it's yeah. like it's like the first time I saw this, I didn't real I, I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. It was after the third or fourth time I've seen this. It was like, man, this thing's taking a long time to get started. And I think it's because I'd already seen it and I knew what I was expecting. And I was like forgetting like the I was I was I was forgetting parts like the whole coming home and the raccoon is in the kitchen. I always forget oh, yeah. that for some reason. I always forget that part. And then that adds like another 10 minutes on the movie that I totally forgot about. And I've got to sit through the whole raccoon in the kitchen thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think I didn't I, – I agree with your list mostly. I don't know if I cared yeah. about the slow burn. That's fine. But I didn't I, – the second, like, daughter was like, I have a dance recital at Friday at 5. I was like, dad's not making the dance <laughs> recital. Let's wait till that happens. Why didn't yeah. he make the dance recital? What was he doing that he didn't make? He was it? running drills at was, his work. He was running – That's just – He was running drills with the basketball team. They were getting frustrated. And mm-hmm. he yells at them. He said, we're going to do this another round, 20 minutes, put 20 minutes on the clock. And then he asks his assistant, you know, what time is it? And he said it was like 530 or something, or it was like well yeah. past five because he asked to tell him it was five o'clock. And that's when he like went into the crouch position on the floor. And yeah. that's what I'm getting into, like the whole like obsessed work thing. Like, OK, he's divorced. They've established that because he's overworked, because he wants to be the best basketball coach he can be. He's ruined his marriage. He has the possibility of getting a contract to be a division one basketball coach. And mm-hmm. it's hurting his relationship with his daughters. And I feel like this is so overplayed that they need to go in a different way. Like maybe yeah. she cheated on him. And that's why they got divorced. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, uh, he's he he's a basketball coach at a at a school that needs extra help. And so he's pulling double duty as like and as like a college professor covering somewhere. And like mm-hmm. he, you know, like he's not obsessed with work. He's overworked. Like, I want that. I want to I want to end to this whole obsessed dad work stereotype thing. It drives me nuts. I mean, I had that, and I also don't like the whole, like, we're divorced because we don't like each other. But then, like, oh, we'll have a sweet moment by the computer, and then, <laughs> oh, we're back together. Like, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think this movie benefited from that at all. I don't think I needed to see them together at the end. I think it was fine. Well, and then, like, the, whole, the movie does a weird thing where it's like, this all happened in 29 days. So you're telling me they get over all of this and are moving back in together, like – the next day after well, that whole thing. I mean, here's here's the, the here's the thing too, though, is that they establish that they've been div- like separated for, I think, a year or two, something like that. They were officially divorced point, for three months. Yeah, when the movie started. So, and the fact that he had an apartment and then he moved into a house, me suggests uh-huh. from my own parents' divorce that he probably moved out maybe a year, year and a half prior. So they were probably already separated, maybe. 
possibly even two years before this movie even started. So I think we all have different aspects of this movie covered. So Ryan has the divorced parents. I have the dad who worked too much and missed a bunch of stuff. Devin, did your sisters open a box that was possessed with the Polish <laughs> demon? How did you know? <laughs> His house w- 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 was infested by moths. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Which, um, there's my favorite quote in this movie. Has nothing to do with anything that any of the main characters say. And it's something and it's something that you'll probably only catch with subtitles. But mm-hmm. it's the exterminator telling the dad, yeah, no, moths are basically just butterflies, but they're gray. Like, he, he like, <laughs> the, 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 the dad and him are discussing about, like, why it costs so much to get the moths out or whatever. And I think the, and I think the bug guy was trying to say, like, this really isn't that big of a deal. And so he was repeating the line that the dad told to one of his daughters about how moths aren't bad, they're just like butterflies but they're different and he was fed back that line by the bug guy in <laughs> in the oh driveway as the kids were walking out that's my favorite line of this whole thing <laughs> it's a good like subtle i don't know that's subtle but i didn't catch it so i really enjoy that yeah um so let's see the baseline true story the da, ba, 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 ba. child acting i want to touch on that what mm-hmm. did you guys think of these girls I mean, the one kind of just had to show up, didn't she? <laughs> like the older sister? Yeah, true. Um, I thought the girl who did the possession stuff was decent for a kid actor. Yeah. She definitely did a good job of being possessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I've got to say. Yeah, I think, she did a, I think she did a really good job of switching. I think it was... Like you could kind of always tell like who was taking over. And then like when she was like genuinely scared, like towards the end when she like jumped in her mom's arms and she's Mm -hmm. like, who am I? Like that felt like that felt genuine. Like that was a really good acting moment. Yeah. Um, I think her sister, young Lindsay Lohan was just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, so, I mean, that's kind of, those are those two parallels I wanted to touch on to where Mm -hmm. like, when when do you go from okay well this child actor did a good job playing a child to this child actor did an excellent job acting like where's that line um and i feel uh, and i feel like this movie almost had those two examples in it almost because the older daughter definitely just had to portray how old she was she just needed to be right. you know a preteen getting ready for a dance recital. Like, that's it. She nailed her role because that's who, you know, she just had to play, you know, her stereotype of who, right. you know, of where she fits. Um, the younger daughter, though, had to actually play two different people. Herself as the younger sister and then a possessed little girl. And um, I feel like there were some scenes where she nailed it, like, really good. One of... Uh, uh, one of them particularly is when she's yelling out of her bedroom about her box and then she mm-hmm. goes and runs for her box barefoot, like mm-hmm. just goes for it. Um, and then the other moment is when she's telling the mom's boyfriend that she wants him to leave and she's yelling yeah. at him in the dry, uh, 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 in the garage. Those were to me her best moments in this. 
No, I could see that. Where you could tell a, a lot of the time with her acting that she was conflicted and didn't like what was happening to her, yeah. which is a nuance that I haven't seen in a lot of possession movies. Where a lot of the time you kind of get the um, the exorcist take on it, where it's just it's fully the demon. You don't see it really take over too much. You might get like a glimpse here and there, but like you don't watch her actively try to fight it. Yeah. And I think that that was a nuance that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed like looking at the trivia um, when she's under the the street light by the dumpster where she gets the box back and she actually gets possessed. In Polish, the demon is saying, can I take you? Can I live with you? Can I live in you? Oh. So like, that's very interesting. Like, you get that whole – like you get her reaction of no, no. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Like <laughs> this is what I've been prepping for and not knowing. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's cool because I, I didn't know what they were saying and I think that's – like knowing that makes that scene very cool to me. Yeah. And, yeah. And then I would say another example of her acting ability – um, as a child being a good actor is when they're at the restaurant and it's uh, it's after the teacher gets killed and uh, the dad's asking her, you know, about the teacher and how she's feeling and all she can think of is eating and she's just talking in between shoving french fries in her mouth and then she turns around and says, is there more? She's hungry. Yeah. And she makes that little statement and then... Th- and they go to the father's face and he's just like, I need to get help. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Um, the one thing that always surprises me in this, because I keep on free, like, I think, I, I think one of the reasons why I like this movie so much, like rewatching is because I only watch this maybe once or twice a year. So I forget mm-hmm. aspects of it by the time I see it again. And mm-hmm. one of them is the fact that the, the demon in her sets up the dad to make it look like he hit her. I always forget about that. And it's yeah, always right. a shocker to me. Um, and then it makes it's even more shocking to the dad. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it really makes me irritated at the mom because I'm thinking to myself, like it's one thing in the storyline, like at, at, at what point do they ever bring up any hints that he's abusing his kids? None. Oh, I mean, never. And then all of a sudden this happens. I mean, granted, it's children. You've got to take it seriously. There are certain things you have to do. I get mm-hmm. it. But there's well, like it, there's 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 no no even a thought in her head that, you know, something might be going on. Well, I think the fact that the sister thinks that he hit her like because she doesn't see what happens. Mm-hmm. She just hears it. Yeah. So, and from that point of view, it did look like he was hitting her. Well, yeah. So I think you take the word of your oldest oldest daughter over the word of your ex husband in that in that case, because right. then you have the daughter covered in bruises. Well, so yeah. I mean, the I mean, evidence is the evidence was stacked against him. I know, I know. Um, but <laughs> what I'm saying is, for the mom particularly, like there. There are people that get outed for doing this type of stuff that know that, you know, like people don't see any red flags about. But then when you mm-hmm. look back at their file, it's like, yeah, well, there were red flags there, but people just overlooked them because mm-hmm. they didn't see two, you know, like you had one person saw one red flag, but didn't put it together because there were five red flags and five different people saw it, but they didn't see the other red flags. So it wasn't all connected. Right. Um, but 
I don't know. It was just one of those things where I'm thinking, like, has he done anything in his life to show that he would hit his kid? He gave him pizza instead I mean, of something but, that grew I mean, from trees. I'll digress. I'll digress. Yeah. I don't know. It just might have been a little bit too harsh. It might have been that echoey thing in the hallway. Like, maybe that's why I'm irritated at it. Well, maybe. Because, I mean, I think that scene's supposed to make you irritated. Like, yeah. I think this scene did what Master and Commander did, but it's trying to do it in a, in a much more micro way. Um, I don't like what? Master and Commander. I, 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 I promise this is going to all make sense. I don't Please. like Master and <laughs> I don't like Master and Commander, but the one thing that it does is it – am I talking about – I don't know. It's a, I think it's this one, where what it does is it gets to this part where it just freaking drags. Like they're just on a boat, and it takes forever. And it is a purpose. It is a purposeful decision by the director because you're supposed to feel the like the crew's boredom and the crew's restlessness with this part of the, the voyage. And – it that part sucks to watch and I don't like watching it and that's why I don't like the movie, but it's supposed to make you feel that way. And I think that's what this movie tries to do with the echoey hallway with like the, you know, only being able to hear a few things and the sudden cuts to black. I think it's supposed to make you feel what the characters are feeling. So when that, you know, when Negan's getting accused of hitting his kid, I think that you're supposed to go, wow, she's being so unreasonable and her voice is so annoying in this scene. And it's because of all the reverb and all the echo they're putting on it. And, you know, that's how they're getting you into the feeling of that character. Okay. Maybe. Well, then it works for me. It, it worked on me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it worked on me. So that's where I'll go with that. Um, but yeah, so uh, one of the other things I liked about this was the fact that the dad was like, come into me, take me. And like, yeah. you think at the end that everything's fine. And then his leg and his arm goes limp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he, and then you finally see it, this like gray, slimy thing and the stroby light going towards the box. What did you guys think of the final reveal of this? Could have done without it. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't thrilled with it. I was like, OK, so we actually I think it's scarier not to see it. Like <sighs> just having it be an entity of itself, like not actually having a form I think is scarier, like not knowing what it is. But when you give it a physical form, it's like, I think that we've seen it enough throughout the movie that I almost had to see it. Otherwise, like I think the MRI scene would have looked a little cheaper to me where like, yeah, knowing its proportions and knowing what it looks like. I think I like that. I mean, I like the MRI MRI scene. I like the scene where with the the puppet hand, (laughs) um, I just don't need to see it. It's kind of like the aliens in Close Encounters. Like I don't need to see them at the very end. Like as for like a one shot where it just stays on them. Like I get it. It's an alien. I get it. It's a Polish <laughs> demon. Like I don't need to see it. <laughs> I don't know. I I liked it. I think that. I mean, I've seen enough horror movies that I've seen like ghost reveals and stuff. And I think that it was a good reveal for a ghost. I'm glad it didn't linger. I think I could have. I think I'm almost with Alan where I could use less of it. I think that if it was like a blink and you miss it kind of thing or a, what did I just see? Like, I think if we saw that, that would be super effective. But like, I think that I liked seeing it. I would have wanted more strobe. More strobe? Make like maybe cut down the uh, maybe cut down the screen time by half. 
So mm-hmm. it's on screen enough that you don't miss it and that mm-hmm. you see what it actually looks like, but make it so it's hard or it hurts to look at it. Yeah. To counteract that. Now, granted, you've got to watch for people that have issues with going right. into seizures, but there's ways around that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not not you know, not ways around it to do what you want and give people seizures. Right. Ways around it to do what you want and not give people seizures. So, I just want to make sure that that's the that where I'm standing on that statement. We have um, a strictly anti-giving people seizures stance on this podcast. One hundred percent. So. Um, <laughs> No, it's but a bold statement. That's what I would have wanted. A bit more strobe with him mm. yelling in the background. Um, maybe hold, hold cut the second. film screen I, down. I tune, I tune out for one second because my phone's blowing up. Do we just say we're pro-epilepsy? No, no, anti. anti <laughs> no, anti, we're very anti. anti-epilepsy. Very okay. anti. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Alan, you let us loose for one minute and we go on, yeah. <laughs> we run amok. <laughs> Okay, so we're anti-epilepsy. <laughs> Very, yes. yes. Okay. Good. So yeah, so I could have done Carry with on. half. <laughs> I could have done with half with half the screen time, more uh-huh. of a strobe, um, because I think that would have been cooler with with that with that guy yelling in the background, with the family yeah. yelling in the background, and then having the strobe, like having all of your senses besides smell being like attacked at that mm-hmm. moment, I think would have been better than just the slow strobe and the yelling and the elongated part of it crawling into the box. Yeah. I, what would it smell yeah. like though? What, what would it smell like? Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're getting every other sense. What would it smell like? What would it taste like? I, oh, I know. I know because I smelled all three of these today. Oh okay. no. Okay. A dead skunk. Cause somebody ran over a skunk on the road by the apartment building. So I smelled that today. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. we had meatloaf last night and I promised I was going to put the meatloaf pan in the dishwasher or clean it last night. And I didn't. So when I woke up and I walked by it, I got a wolf of like 12 hour old meatloaf grease sitting Gross. in the sink. Um, and, uh, uh, the smell of, a of, of, of cat poop right after they poop. So those three smells mixed together. Man, you've had a day. Yeah, you have. <laughs> For everyone everyone listening at home, when Ryan said, I, I smelled all three of these today, he held up three fingers to the camera. I thought he was going to say his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I've never made that joke, actually. I've, why would you think I'd make a joke like that? Why do you think I'd hit a kid? I don't know. I've never done anything to make know. you think I'd do any of those things. I know. It was just the way you were like, I, I smelled these three things today. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it to me, if it were to smell like anything, it would be old and musty. I think, like, I think it would be past like being like a like a cat poop smell and just be like decay. I don't know. That's what I got from it. It's Polish. I feel like it's gonna smell like rotten, moldy pierogies. Ooh, that's Devin, like the worst smell. Devin, you said decay. I, I said twelve. I said twelve hour meatloaf grease. And a dead skunk. Oh, that's not. That's not. <laughs> On top decay. of the cat poop. That's, yes, it is. That's not. No, it's not. It can't. It can smell it's, like it. It's. It it's stands beef in. drippings. It stands <laughs> in. Um, okay, so while we're on, we're kind of talking about the the hospital scene. <laughs> that scene, I I like it for the horror elements of it a lot. I like the the creepy girl aspect of it. I like the whole like, oh my gosh, but where's the demon and like that whole part. 
I couldn't get over this hospital that there was just nobody in it ever. Like they they gave the reason. Did they? They gave a reason when they were going down. Yeah. The fathers, uh, the uh, the priest, the religious guy or rabbi, because yeah. he wasn't really a rabbi. He was something else. But he was remember. just before that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't know what their degrees are. So but him, mm-hmm. um, he he asks, is there an empty room? And then they cut to them walking out of the like elevator door or stairs or whatever. And he says, mm-hmm. oh, he says, oh, let's go. Uh, let's go downstairs uh, they've got the like um, where you go to recover from like injuries to get your joints moving again. Physical therapy, oh, the, yeah. Physical, the physical therapy. therapy room. His par- his players go there for treatment, okay. and uh-huh. so and he said no. Uh, he said nobody's in there after six. Mm-hmm. So that explains why that one part of the wing is empty. Mm-hmm. But it does not explain why there is a morgue down the hallway from the physical therapy room, <laughs> and that is empty. So okay, they hold do, on. So they do halfway explain it. So, so was it like a college hospital then? It was probably next door to the college. They don't really explain how big this college is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can definitely tell you that, okay, so – he was going for a division one school, meaning that he had to have been working for a division two or division three. You don't go from a division six, seven or whatever to a division one. So a division three or division two school is big enough to be partnering with a local hospital to help treat the athletes. Oh, sure. That's just a given. Now, am I just dumb or yes. are, I mean, yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll stop it there. But like, are morgues more than just a room where they keep dead bodies on metal tables? I mean, it's where they keep the bodies refrigerated until whatever happens. They can be examined. But I thought they had yeah. like those drawers. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, they keep them refrigerated in those drawers. Okay, because like this movie, they were just like on tables. And I was like, is this? See, the thing is, is, is I've seen happens? that a lot. I've, yeah. I've I've seen that a lot, and I, I I think it depends on how old the morgue is, okay, and where it is in the hospital and how it's designed. Because I've seen in movies morgues where it's like Men in Black, where everybody's in a drawer. It's like a bunch of yes. dead person filing cabinets, and mm-hmm. then was it you've got morgues where it's just a bunch of rolly tables pushed up against the walls. Like I, I I've think, seen that. I think part of it might have to do with geography. So. A lot of the times when you see a morgue in New York City, it's the drawers stacked on top of each other because real estate in New York is so expensive. You have to <laughs> It's keep... vertical. No, seriously. Uh, yeah. like, it's vertical, so you can get more in a confined space. Oh, okay. Whereas in the middle of nowhere, you can have all your – you can bring out your dead and just put them in the room <laughs> all over the place. Just put bring them in. out your dead. Oh. Bring out your dead. I'm just okay. Then if that's real and that's really how morgues are laid out, I'm very against that, and I hate that. Well, what well, I mean, they're all in bags. Everybody's individually press sealed, wrapped, and separated. What's the problem? Some of them have like toes and arms sticking out. Like they, well, it looks like they like demurely put a white sheet over it or over top okay, of them. Okay, here's the, Ryan. This is where that I'm whole sorry. like. <laughs> this is this is where the whole high school horror thing comes in. Oh yeah. That's a poor gimmick that has nothing to do with reality. All of these people would be in black plastic bags mm-hmm. on 
pretty much trays, not like tables that could easily be flipped over. Right. And I think it was just like a bad week for the morgue because I feel like that that was an excessive amount of dead bodies. <laughs> there was a lot of dead bodies. There must have been a plane crash or something, or I don't know. Maybe this takes place in the middle of COVID. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it would have been a cool Easter egg if, like, you saw, like, the teacher's name. Like, because, I mean, the teacher, I mean, realistically could still be there, I guess. Um, If you, like, if they, like, scanned past, like, her name on a toe tag, that would have been, like, a funny little Well, nod. I, I figure that's probably, like, two weeks before all this happened, like, oh. before they actually get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was pretty bad at time frames in this movie. For me, it all happened in, like, a week. Hey, so was the movie. Because <laughs> it just jumped from one weekend to the next. Pretty much. But that's the, that's the important parts, though. Yeah. Yes, that's another thing I've really because I, I always have to ask Kristen. I was like, okay, so, okay, so what's the timeline for this? Yeah. Because I really hate it when they'll jump when a when a movie will jump, but it won't give you what date it is or what day. You know, like even like mm-hmm. prime prime example, Saving Private Ryan, D Day, mm-hmm. D Day mm-hmm. plus five, D Day yeah. plus twenty two. D-Day plus their, you know, you it gives you a time frame. Be like, okay, they've been walking for two weeks. Got it. Stuff has happened. This is where the story picks up. Oh, boy. What? Is a future pick going to be your favorite movie then? What? What? Uh, the, the, I think the next movie we're doing is going to not do that. I may have changed my mind while we've, <laughs> while, while we've been talking. Darn it. I'm so uh, confused now. What's going don't on? Worry about yeah, well, don't worry yeah, about no, it. Okay. Don't worry about don't, it. You'll learn when you're older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Like two weeks older? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll jump cut. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to something Ryan talked about mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the show. So was Henry Dean Morgan's death like the the point where Grey's Anatomy just started to suck back in season one? I don't think it ever really, to be honest, I mean, I wasn't really a big fan of the show. Kristen had me watch some of it, and I didn't think it started to suck until after What's-His-Name died. Um, McDreamy? No, no, it was before him. George? I think it was George. He was the one guy that came in with them. He was going to go in the military and then he saved the one nurse's life because he pushed her out of the way of a bus and he got hit instead. Yeah. Him. Mm. Af- after he died, I lost interest in in the show. That's when I stopped watching because I'm just like, that's it. I was like, that's it. That's the in- that is all this show has is killing off main characters slowly because they know because because they know that the storyline that they developed isn't interesting enough. So they're just going to go and kill off one or two main characters a season and they have 30 main characters. So they're good for 20 years. So I stopped watching. <laughs> what a good taste anatomy. It's crazy. I honestly think I stopped watching after Henry Dean Morgan's character died. Oh, wow. Like, I feel like I committed to that half a season and that was it. And then Izzy comes up in her wedding dress crying all over him. Spoilers. What? Oh. I don't care. If, it's Grey's Anatomy. It's been on for how long? And, and, and as you can tell, I don't have much respect for the show. So I'm sorry if people are watching it now. <laughs> Ryan and his hot takes on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Who knew we'd be here, folks? 
that show had so much potential. It really did. And then it was yeah. just like, oh, let's spin the bottle. And, and they see milked who dies. it for 20 years. <laughs> um, it could have been the next house. It really could have been. I mean, it was on at the same time. It lasted <laughs> three times as long. <laughs> How long did One Tree Hill last? Um. I, I don't. I was going to be so impressed if Alan just knew this, though. That was like. Uh, let's take a, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Um, four seasons. <laughs> no, Alan, 42 minutes is what my computer told me. <laughs> you probably went for an episode. Nine seasons? How was that on for. No- that was on until 2012? Wow. So I watched the CW then. I didn't get commercials for that. So he, so so here's the thing. No clue. The fact that House didn't last as long as Grey's Anatomy does not mean Grey's Anatomy was better in any way. Because One Tree Hill lasted for how long? Nine seasons. And believe me, you don't want me to go off on One Five Tree Five seasons Hill. too many. <laughs> okay, so here's here's my here bring it back to the possess, to the possession. <laughs> What is it with Henry Dean Morgan and being on shows that have overstayed their welcome? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, because he definitely didn't he overstay was the his dad welcome. On, he, he was the yeah, he doesn't. He he bows out, but the show just keeps going. Um, except for Walking Dead, he came in late. Yeah, well, true. He we talked about Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. He was the dad on Supernatural. If you didn't know that, oh, and now he's Negan on The Walking Dead. All three shows, I can say. I think have lasted way longer than they should have. I mean, uh, of those shows, I think Supernatural is probably the best, or at least the one that I would enjoy the most if I sat down and watched all 50 seasons of it. <laughs> that show is so old. The Winchester boys were actually teenagers when it started, and now they're old men. Is that really true? I'd believe I it. Mean, they were in their 20s. Uh, yeah. Might as well be. Yeah. I, I don't know. I couldn't get into that one, but... I feel like he would be the only reason I'd keep watching Walking Dead is because he does such a good job as that character. Because I've seen the episode that everyone was like, oh, he killed everyone. And I'm like, all right, I'll watch that. And oh, he was cool. good. He's in Rampage. Like and, the, I, and I knew I knew him from P.S. I Love You. He was in P.S. I Love You? He was in P.S. I Love You. And he's in Rampage with The Rock, the one with the that's based off the yeah. video game, which is actually... Yeah. That's on my list to have you guys watch because that's actually a really was that, fun. Was movie. I calling him Henry Dean Morgan? It's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey, I, I didn't even up. notice Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I feel like I was saying Henry Dean, and I don't know why. Oh, um, but yeah, that's just a weird, weird fact that he's just on shows that last way too long. He really is, though. Oh, sorry, I just IMDb'd him real quick, and now I remembered what I did the entire uh, movie with him. His name was Clyde. And I don't know why, but my brain just automatically pairs Clyde with uh, Clyde Frog from uh, South Park. <laughs> so the whole time, every time he was on scene, like, Clyde Frog, no! <laughs> just like in my like worst Cartman impression. And it just, I don't know why, but it's just, I did it every scene. Romana had to have hated it. So like, good for her for sticking it out. I would have told you to shut up after the first time. I, I would have kept doing it. <laughs> I would have kept doing it. That's why we don't watch movies together. He was in Batman right. versus Super. Oh, he was. Okay. Sorry. I'm just going we, through his IMDb we, now. We've gone over this. I, but he was so quick. Martha. Ew. Do we think he comes back in the Flash movie as 
Flashpoint Batman. Yeah, oh, of course. Absolutely. I see that. I, w- I want to I want to see him as Batman. Actor. Yeah. He's got the he, voice and he for looks it. like he looks like Flashpoint Batman. Yeah. He does. So, that would be cool. It'd be what would be really cool is if they did the I don't know if you followed the comics at all, but if they did Flashpoint Batman and then had the button show up. They did a whole thing with the button from Watchmen showed up in the DC universe. Like when they did Rebirth yeah. in the comics, the the pin, the the oh. smiley face pin showed up in the Batcave. So then the Flash and Batman had to like figure out where it came from. And they did a whole crossover called Doomsday Clock with the DC universe and the Watchmen universe. That is so cool. Yep, I gotta I gotta read that. Yeah. And I think the whole story's done, so you can probably find it all to read. All right, that's awesome. So Anything else on the possession, Ryan? I mean, I've gone through everything I wanted to discuss. Um, okay. If there was anything else that you guys had about, you know, horror movies that are kind of like in the same vein of, of like, you know, like high schoolish type, just have, more entertaining than scary. I mean, I feel like there's a few that we need to talk about next year for this or yeah. before then. I've heard good things about Happy Death Day. Me too. I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. Um, and that's that, more in the vein of a comedy. So was that the one where, where like, it's like the same day she keeps on waking up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate movies like that. The, like it's one of those say a bad thing. I mean, Hey, I mean, if you guys want to do it, I'll watch it. Don't, don't worry no. about it. It's, well, just, it's, well, it's one of those have things. Have you seen that, the trailers? Have you seen the trailers for the new, um, Vince Vaughn movie where it's pretty much, it's from the same studio. It's pretty much Freaky Friday, but with a serial killer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm really intrigued by that one. That looks entertaining. It's the new. Chi- it's the new chick meets. Um, <laughs> yeah, Freaky Friday. <laughs> the hot chick? stuff. I don't know. The hot chick. The hot chick. Yeah. yeah. What I say? The new chick. What I say? The new chick. Oh, whatever. Yeah. It's same movie. It's something that Anna Ferris was in. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't think I've got anything else. I'm good. I think that is it for this week's podcast. Uh, you can listen to the podcast wherever you're listening to it now, obviously. But we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, TuneIn, Alexa, and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at you have to watch this podcast. You can like us on Facebook. Um, and I think that's all of them. I think I, I did that pretty well that time. It was good. I changed up the order and it worked. <laughs> um, until next time for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Ryan, it's an audio podcast. You can't just wave. I know. <laughs>